Georgie Milner is a lifelong swimmer, mad keen on improving inclusivity of sport in general, swimming especially. She's just graduated in human sciences from the University of Oxford, where she completed her dissertation on the intersection of swimming and social exclusion, while at the same time working on the University of Oxford Sports Council as inclusion and access officer. Georgie Milner, welcome to Swimming Pod. Thank you very much for having me. Let's talk about your swimming first. How did you get into swimming? So I was introduced to swimming at around six months old when my mum started taking us to parent and baby classes. I don't really remember a time before I started swimming and before swimming was a really important part of my life. So my mum had done the same with my older sister and her decision to introduce us to swimming that early was influenced by her own love of swimming, but also it being a really nice way for us to spend time together. How's your relationship to swimming changed over the years? So I initially swam in a club setting where the focus was mainly on developing speed and technique. And I did enjoy aspects of this indoor competing, but I'm much more suited to endurance events and I much preferred the outdoor events I started to explore as I got older. So when I was around age nine, I first started triathlons and it was around age 11 when I first completed in my first open water triathlon. And I really vividly remember the first time I went into that water and the shock of the cold water so I really wasn't acclimatised well at that point and having to swim the whole way with my head above the water. So I started swimming outdoors relatively young but it wasn't until I was around age 17 where I started swimming outdoors much more regularly and that was inspired by Alan who was a coach at a swimming club I joined and he'd swim outdoors almost daily for around three decades at that point so he was a very avid outdoor swimmer and he really changed the way that I looked at open water swimming and it's now three years since I started swimming all year round. So I have no intention of stopping the outdoor swimming I really love it and I also started competing in swim run events around three years ago and I really love the sense of freedom and adventure that I get from that so my relationship to swimming has definitely shifted broadly from focusing on speed and indoor competition to more being focused around my mental well-being and spending time with people I'm always keen to improve my speed still and I've just started a new swimming club since finishing university which I'm really enjoying and um, I also just qualified last weekend as an open water swimming coach so I'm really excited to see how that will further change my relationship to swimming as I'm able to share my passion with others. Can I follow up with the question where did you first get into open water where was where did that first experience happen? So the triathlon I think it was in Rother Valley so up north not too far from where we're based. <laughs> but so what do you get out of different kinds of swimming say pool versus open water? So I love both pool swimming and open water swimming for different reasons. I really enjoy training in the pool because it allows me to challenge myself and I really enjoy working on my technique and my speed and I find the repetition of swimming lengths really allows me to switch off from other things that are going on and really focus on what I'm doing in the water but then I particularly enjoy swimming in pools but in outdoor pools because then I can have the chance to benefit from the pool training that I enjoy whilst also still being slightly closer to nature it doesn't quite replicate the open water swimming and the feeling of freedom and groundedness that that gives me but being part of a swimming club 
I do find is a great way to meet new people and especially when I started uni being part of the triathlon and the swimming teams were a really important way for me to kind of feel settled in my new home and to find that sense of community but open water swimming and cold water swimming in particular I find are really important for my mental health and that was especially the case during Covid which I think was the case for a lot of us. I remember in the first lockdown when you weren't allowed to drive because of restrictions my mum and I we were walking around locally trying to find a spot that we could swim. We did manage to find a really gorgeous spot under this bridge. There was a nice patch of the river which we could go into and definitely became a very special place to us during <laughs> during lockdown. Is that is that up in Manchester? Yeah, it's in um I'm in Stockport area, so we're kind of on the edge of the Peak District. What's your most memorable swimming moment? So I've had many over the years, but I think one that stands out to me was a swim I did as part of a triathlon, which took place up in Northumberland by Bam- Babra Castle. On the day of the race, the sea was very rough and so rough, in fact, that they didn't want the water safety kayaks to enter the water. But they decided that it was still safe for us to swim. So all the water safety team went into the water, kind of stood waist deep in the water, parallel to the shore. And then we swam around them. It was a very shallow water because they didn't want us to go too far out so you could only just about swim front crawl but it felt very thrilling to be in such wavy conditions and to kind of take on that challenge. Uh, Let's go on to your dissertation what's it about? Yeah, so my dissertation explored the intersection between swimming and social exclusion. And I drew on literature on the health and community benefits of swimming, the role of historical context in informing current gendered and racialized exclusion from UK swimming spaces and the potential for experiences of exclusion to become embodied. So I conducted interviews with individuals from swimming clubs and organizations aimed at improving inclusivity. And I also conducted a spatial analysis on the geographical and demographic barriers to accessing swimming pools in the Greater Manchester area. So what inspired you to take that focus? So when I was brainstorming initially, I was thinking about doing my dissertation on the health benefits of open water swimming or on something related to social justice, such as focusing on a particular element of refugee experiences. Um, However, an article in the Outdoor Swimming magazine, which came out in early 2021, was discussing a recent book that had been published called The Undercurrents of Power by Kevin Dawson. And that kind of sparked the idea that I could explore swimming from a social justice approach and actually kind of combine those two areas that I've been thinking about exploring. So the article highlighted that during the colonial era, African populations tended to be more proficient swimmers than Europeans. And the style of front crawl that was used by African populations was deemed less civilised than breaststroke, which was the primary stroke swung by Europeans at the time. So this was used to bolster race, like racist ideology. It, of course, was found out not to be the case. And since then, freestyle has been adopted as the most common stroke and is recognised for its efficiency and its speed. I thought that history was really interesting and a lot of people are unaware of it. So that kind of inspired the idea that I could look at both swimming and social justice and combine those two things. The specificity itself developed over time through exploring the literature that was available, which was relatively limited, and establishing the scope for a 10,000 word dissertation. And I follow up with a, a question, which is, uh, did you look at all at the American writings, writings in the United States about race and swimming? Did you look at that at all? If you did, how similar or different do you think the UK is to the United States in this respect? Yeah, so I looked at it slightly. There's a brilliant book, which the name has escaped me. Oh, yeah, that's it. Contested Waters, which is a really thorough analysis of shifting patterns of exclusion in the US. 
I think there are definitely similarities there in terms of thinking about the ways in which racialized and gendered and class exclusion are more prevalent at different times and kind of come in and out. But I think that in the US, there was a much clearer shift from a focus on gendered and class exclusion to racialized exclusion, with it previously being the case that it was pools were based on class, but it wasn't race specific. But then as time went on, that shifted to being very much more based on segregation by race. Whereas I think in the UK, we do see a trend towards there was a increased inclusion in terms of gender and class as it was realised that the health benefits of swimming were really important and the cleanliness aspect was stressed. But that was underpinned by an idea around the need to create a healthy nation, which was very racialized. So there's definitely similarities there, but the nuances differ. So can you tell us what the key findings were from your research? Because you did a whole range of different kinds of analyses. It would be lovely to hear. From the literature review aspect of my dissertation, I found that swimming really does have the potential to be inclusive of a wide range of individuals for whom other forms of physical activity may introduce barriers. that this inclusivity is far from actualized at the moment and that also swimming could have the capacity to mitigate health inequalities experienced by ethnic minorities and the lgbtq plus community for example by reducing the risks of hypertension and discrimination experiences in swimming spaces and the legacies of exclusion could in fact exacerbate such health risk and we're not yet at the point of swimming providing that really important tool that it could the interviews i conducted revealed the importance of swimming for safety, health and community building and the participants identified the necessity of diversifying the types of swimming sessions provided for instance to cater to different abilities and the real importance of pools being both financially and geographically accessible. Based on the spatial analysis I did I used census data at the ward level And I found that there were limited demographic and geographical barriers to accessing pools in the Greater Manchester area. So, for example, there was no significance between the degree of ethnic diversity at the ward level and the number of pools available in the wards. But my analysis was definitely limited based on the time I had available to do it, the data I had available to me. And so, for example, I used 2011 census data because the 2021 data wasn't yet available at the time. And also I didn't utilise pool usage data. As I say, the findings that that my dissertation provided in terms of the spatial aspect, it seemed that there wasn't that many spatial barriers to accessing pools, but that definitely needs further research. That sounds like a like positive finding. I just wonder, where do you see improved access happening and how, you, how might you apply your research to improving access to swimming spaces? So I think one thing that definitely came out of my interviews was the importance of providing different types of swimming sessions catered towards different abilities and different goals and of really reducing the emphasis placed on performance within swimming spaces, which is very prevalent at the moment. So I think there's definitely a lack of provision for adults who want to swim as part of a club socially rather than competitively. So I think that's definitely a way that it could be more inclusive to different people um, and is definitely something that could be applied going forward. I think as well the finding 
that there was a lack of significance in the accessibility of pools based on ethnic diversity suggests that the observed underrepresentation of certain ethnic minority communities in aquatic spaces is influenced by other factors such, such as social barriers. So I think that again indicates the importance of further research being conducted to determine the specificities of these bar- barriers and how they can be best tackled. What are the other research gaps that you've identified? I think it's really interesting that it might not be just about having pool access, not just being focused on performance, but being focused on, as you say, social swimming and other community aspects of swimming that might be developed. Can you see any other research gaps? Yeah, I think one aspect that I identified is that there's not enough research that's being conducted on in the health consequences of exclusion from swimming spaces. And I think moving forward, it'd be really important to consider how exclusion from aquatic spaces might, might exacerbate health inequalities, such as the elevated risk of hypertension and cardiovascular disease associated with exposure to discrimination and stress. So I think that's a real avenue going forward to look at the real health and biological consequences of people not being able to access aquatic spaces. I think another area that I'm particularly interested in and would really like to see further research on is the tracking of the spatial availability of pools in the coming years so that we can target community initiatives in areas where pool provision or usage is lacking. There's likely going to be significant pool closure and some England have predicted that almost 2,000 pools may close by 2030. So we're really dealing with an ever-changing landscape of pool availability, which may well affect different communities in different ways. I think it's really important that we track that so then we can best implement initiatives that ensure everyone can access the health and community benefits of swimming. While we're thinking about the future, what are your own plans relating to swimming and, and to inclusion? So I'm hoping to continue working towards improving inclusivity in aquatic spaces. At the moment, I'm exploring the possibility of publishing my dissertation so that I can share the findings more widely. But I'm also really hoping to find work with an organisation which is specifically working towards improving inclusivity in sports settings and swimming in particular. So as I previously mentioned, I've also recently qualified as an open water swimming coach. So in terms of swimming specifically, I'm really excited to share my love of open water with other people and see where that journey takes me. Another avenue that I'm really hoping to explore as well is advocacy for refugee rights. And I'm really interested in the relevance of water safety in this context. I think that there's the potential for aquatic initiatives to be introduced to support the mental health of migrants and refugees who've arrived in the UK and help them navigate experiences of trauma, which could well include trauma around the water and sea rescue and using my knowledge of swimming and open water to help individuals who are navigating dangerous sea routes. And I think in this context, it's really important to draw attention to the concerning increase in the criminalisation of humanitarian aid with organisations that are trying to provide help to migrants increasingly being charged with smuggling. So I'm really interested in going down that route as well in terms of advocating for refugee rights, but also specifically the importance of considering water in that context. Very important issues. So if there were one change you could make to improve inclusion, to make the kinds of changes that seem to be vital to both community and individual health, what would you change? 
So I think one thing that I am really interested in is the provision of swimming to children from a very young age, because I think it's really important to start young so that people have those skills and have that knowledge around water safety, but also how to keep themselves and the other ones in their communities safe. So I think it is really important to start young. And even though at the moment it is a national requirement for children to learn to swim, that's just not being realised. So before COVID, one in four children left primary school being able to swim and then that's just been exacerbated during the pandemic and it's been predicted that in 2026 only 35 percent of year seven children in the most deprived areas will be able to swim a length so we're really not meeting those targets and there's a clear disparity based on socioeconomic status as well in terms of where that provision is so I think one thing that I would love to see happen would be to have state-funded parent and child classes for all young children children so that children can learn the basics of water safety and swimming before they enter primary school so they have that basic knowledge there and then the national curriculum is more there to top up on that skill but also by including parents or guardians in that journey they're also provided the opportunity to develop their own skills tackle fears that they might have barriers that they might face it's a very optimistic <laughs> aim <laughs> with um, shortage of state funding across so many sectors. But I think that would, if possible, would make a huge difference to the safety of our communities and making sure that everyone did have the option to, to experience the health benefits of swimming and the amazing impact that it can have on your life, which I know I've been lucky enough to, to experience. Georgie Milner, you've done some fantastic research and you've got a a strong vision for the future. Thank you so much for coming on Swimming Pod. Thank you very much. I've really enjoyed it. I was in the Lake District for my open water training last weekend and I wanted to swim in West Water Lake for a long time and we got the chance to do that so I was very happy. It's very clean water (laughs) up there and um, yeah, incredibly deep but it was was very nice.